Welcome to the Discover Your Worth in Chicago podcast brought to you by ICI Staffing. We started this podcast to help job seekers find a position that can change their life. We will share the best insights we've gained over the last 37 years placing people in high value jobs. Our goal is simple. We want to help you find that position. No filler, no BS, just pure uncensored job seeking tips. If you find our tips valuable, please visit ICIstaffing.com or even maybe a job posting that you would like to apply for completely free of charge. Now that's the stuff dream jobs are made of. All right. Hi, everyone. I have decided to bring in one of our top recruiters here. Her name is Ashlyn. Um, She has actually been with the company for about a year and a half, almost now. So um, I'll have her give a little introduction. Hey, everyone. Um, As Lenny said, I've been here for about a year and a half. She actually recruited me out of Indiana. Um, So... I've gotten to work here for about a year and a half. I told Ashton to bring in a couple of stories on how she's influenced a candidate and has kind of changed their life. And that's kind of what we do here and what we ideally want to do with every candidate. Um, So therefore, I'm going to have her start with her first story. I'll say some of my experiences and we'll kind of go back and forth with that. And then we'll kind of dovetail off of that and go into different topics. So Ashlyn, do you... Who's the first candidate? No names, but um, we can call them by different names if you want to. We can make up names. My probably the best success story that I had is we'll give her the name Heidi. Um, I don't know why that name came to mind, but we'll go with it. So I had her Spencer Pratt because I follow his Snapchat story way too closely. Um, So I had her probably about three months ago. Um, she reached out looking for a new job and she had quite an extensive background in the legal field. So my obvious initial reaction was, all right, I'll start looking for, you know, different law firms that are hiring that type of thing. So I sit down and talk with her. Um, we hit it off instantly and she starts talking about how, you know, whenever she talks to some recruiters or when she's looking with, um, sending her resume out, everyone hones in on the legal field And that's all they've been sending her for jobs. Well, once we started our conversation, she completely wanted to get out of the legal field and no one had really sat down and, you know, gone gone into depth of what she was looking for. So um, within the first week of me talking with her, I set her up on three different interviews. um, And one of them ended up being real estate as an office manager. And that was exactly what she was looking for. Um, so center, center there, they loved her. She loved them. And she's been working there now for about two and a half months. Um, everything's going well. And she sent me probably the nicest email I've ever gotten. Um, just thanking me for actually sitting down, listening to what she, what she wanted. Cause no one else really had, you know, kind of dove in and found out what she was really looking for and that I completely changed her career path. So I would say that made me feel pretty good at the end of the day. Um, but it's those type of things that kind of get you to keep coming in and really answer or asking those type of questions to see what someone's really looking for. That's a great story. Um, I remember when that email actually came in from her, I was so happy because I knew the experience, but now we could share that experience with everyone and kind of have everyone. We had a nice little thread that 
went through the company and it just makes you feel good because you're not just only changing someone's life in regards to a job, but like their career path and they're going to be happier. And they didn't think that they would go into that career path or they would actually make it there. And it's all because of one person. Um, you know, it's all because of you basically that everything, everything changed for her, which is wonderful. Uh, I'll tell one of my stories, which is a very interesting and unique story. Um, I guess, what should I call him? I'll call him Chris. Um, so it's great name. Um, so I'll call him Chris. Uh, he was a candidate that came to me. Well, he came to another recruiter. So he came in, um, and interviewed with another recruiter. The recruiter came up to me and was like, Hey, just let you know, like I have someone here. He doesn't really fit the position, but I think he's really nice. I think he really has a lot of drive. Uh, so on and so forth. So I go in and I interview with him. We start talking about how he's very involved in the communities in Chicago. He moved out to the suburbs, but he grew up in, uh, like, I guess you could say one of the not so great areas of Chicago. And with that being said, he decided to go ahead and go more into volunteer work. He decided to do a lot of things with this community and he had his education put on a back burner for it. He came to me and he was about 30 or 31 around there. And he was like, I just finally completed my degree. I was doing part-time for so long. Um, I would take a year or two off to do his like community development projects that he would do to try and get kids out of, you know, gangs, drugs, certain things like that, how he wanted to actually build this type of community in a bad neighborhood of Chicago. So he came to me, he was like, I worked at a state farm and I've always been interested in insurance. I went and got my degree in insurance. Long story short, unfortunately, he wasn't the right type of fit for the position that he came in to interview for. However, six months to ooh, six to eight months, the recruiter that worked with him, she um, moved to California and I was sitting at my desk and I got information from a client of a client of mine saying, Hey, we want this type of person. We want someone who's very involved in the community, someone who has these type of ambitions, someone who maybe has had a degree in insurance that hasn't been able to catch a break. Um, so I remembered, I couldn't remember his name, but I remembered the suburb that he lived in because it's a, a small suburb in Chicago. So I went through, maybe it took me two hours to find his resume. And I finally found it. I called him. I was like, I don't know if you remember me, but I have a job opportunity for you. He did remember me because we had a great conversation about community development. Um, and he, I go to him I'm like, well, can you interview tomorrow? Cause they have a uh, time slot open. And he's like, absolutely. He goes in the next day, he gets the job. Um, well, I got extended the offer and I called him and I right after and I go, Hey, I, I hope you're sitting down right now. And he goes to me kind of, is it good news or bad news? And I go, it's great news. I'm like, you got the job. They want you to start immediately. And I had explained to him basically like how 401k works, how insurance works and everything. And he just started crying on the phone. Um, fast forward to two weeks ago, I messaged him and I had a lot of, I needed to fill a lot of slots at another company of ours. So I needed to have individuals that 
don't really have jobs or, you know, are kind of maybe college students or just people that are looking for kind of part-time things. So I messaged him and I said, Hey, I don't know if you remember me, but I placed you over at your company. And he goes, of course, I remember you. You've changed my life completely. I'm a broker now at this company. Yeah. Isn't that great? So I'm a, I know he's like, I'm a broker now at this company. If you know of anyone that ever wants to join my team, I trust your judgment when it comes to, um, when it comes to individuals. And that was just such a great story because I didn't just look at him on surface level. I actually got to know him and I did go with, I did place him in the perfect company for him because now at that company, he does now training and development for individual. It's like an after work program kind of. So it's people that are going to like colleges and have like lost their way. And so now he's like doing like an extra free course over there to educate them a little bit more on insurance, which is absolutely wonderful. Not sure I can top that one. That one gave me a chills the entire way through. Um, so another success story that I can think of, um, was almost just for peace of mind for my candidate. Um, we'll give her the name of Amy. I don't know why that name popped into my head anyway. Um, but so I actually had this candidate last year. I've had her for a few, like half a year maybe. And we, you know, went back and forth when position checking to see if positions were, um, in, you know, and I was completely honest, whether it was something that would really fit what she was looking for. Um, but she had known about six months prior that her job was phasing out. Um, she was an executive assistant at, um, a big company and it was being acquired. So she, her position was actually being phased out. So we kept in touch and then this position came in and it was perfect for her. Um, it was a pretty grueling interview process, but I had all the faith in her to go through it. And, uh, at the end she did end up getting the position and it was about, I think two weeks before her job was completely gone. So, um, for that peace of mind that she had, she was starting to stress out a lot. And with it being such a long interview process, um, you know, not knowing whether after that month long process, whether it was going to be her, but they kept calling her back in, kept calling her references, we had a pretty good idea that it was going to be her, but you can't really say that until it is her. Um, but yeah, she was unbelievably ecstatic because um, not only was she now, did she now have a great position, but that peace of mind, knowing that she didn't have to continue looking, being jobless, she also had a substantial pay raise in this position as well. So she was very thankful. I was ecstatic for her. Um, so yeah, that was another really good one on my end. Yeah. That's a great story too. Um, I think one thing that you realize when you're, we're talking about these stories is that these stories, they stand out so vivid in our mind. And every time when we're actually doing recruiting, we're like, we just want to recreate another moment like this. Mm -hmm. And it's really exciting for us every single day to come in here and just try and change people's lives for the better. And it gets stressful, but these, you know, these two stories that you just told, the story that I told, those are memories that we have where anytime that something bad goes on here or something, it's just kind of how it is. And things will always kind of, 
unfortunately not work out in our favor, we always have to remind ourselves of these stories, which is actually wonderful because we have these vivid memories. We got to know our candidates extremely well. I'm trying to think of another story that I can talk about. Oh, yeah. So I do have another story. So one of the girls that I, so this is actually a interesting story, um, which I have a lot of interesting ones. And I think that's because I have five years under my belt. So a lot of interesting things have happened. So I have a, so a long time ago, I think it was like maybe around like four and a half years that I worked here or four and a half years ago. So maybe like six months of me working here, or maybe, uh, maybe a little bit longer than that. I had a position that came in at a client and they said, Hey, our receptionist, um, she called in today. She's sick. I need someone to go over there immediately. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, I have this one girl that's on her way to interview with me right now, who is, you know, seems really good. I haven't met with her. Not too sure. Um, but she was unemployed. So I gave her a call and I go, Hey, quick question. Do you want to actually work today? The client that I want you to interview with, they actually have their receptionist need open. So might as well go over there and check it out. So she's like, yeah, absolutely. I send her the information. Um, she goes over there and cross fingers that she, you know, does well. Cause I didn't meet with her. Um, but long story short, they, absolutely loved her. And they kept her on for a year temp assignment over there to work with a chemist in like the health and beauty section. It was a very interesting job, but she absolutely loved it. Uh, directly after that. So her position got eliminated. Um, I always kept in touch with her joking around with her, you know, cause when you're a temporary employee, you kind of get to know your recruiter really well because you have to check in with them every, um, every week. So fast forward to a couple months after she gets let go, she's trying to find a position. So we're going through things. I'm coaching her through processes, even in interviews that she didn't get through me. Um, she had unfortunate certain, she had certain unfortunate situations that went on that couldn't let her take other positions and certain things like that. So she finally got a position. It was absolutely horrible. Um, she basically said that she like cried once a week and she worked there for about a year. Um, and maybe even a little bit longer. I'm not even sure how long she was there for, but she came back to us about, I would say probably like a year ago, actually, she came back to us. So she came back to me about a year ago and she's like, I don't know if you remember me, which of course I do. Cause we had so many like detailed conversations and she was so, you know, she was so lovely to actually work with. And she was so reliable. She was like, Hey, you know what? Um, I, quit my job. I'm trying to figure out a couple things to do. She had her own side project on like costume design and like very artsy type of stuff. And I always told her, I was like, never give up on your dreams. You can always find a nice nine to five job to have to kind of help you explore your dreams more after work. So we sent her on a bunch of temp assignments. She obviously, we know that she's going to be there and she does absolutely fantastic every single time. Finally, one of the temp assignments called me and said, Hey, we actually have a position open. Um, would she be interested in doing it? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. So I called her. I was like, Hey, they want you to come and actually interview for this and do a long-term temp to perm uh, assignment. She was extremely happy. So we go through the entire process. She's temping there. She's proving herself, proving her worth. They are absolutely think that she's absolutely fantastic. Finally, we get the offer and it's about $12,000 more than she even expected. Um, 
they value her. We're, we're friends on Facebook. She posts about how much they value her all day. They actually, you know, care about her. And she's like, I can't believe this. Like, you know, she had a really nice post on Facebook saying like, it's not what you do in life. It's who you surround yourself around, which is very important. It's a very good life lesson to have. It's not really what you're doing in life. Um, unless, you know, you really hate what you're doing, but for the most part, if you have a great group of people surrounding yourself or surrounding you in a work environment, that's what is the most important thing. You can do something that you love all the time, but if you don't have individuals around you that aren't going to bring you up and are only trying to tear you down, it doesn't make going into work fun at all. And she is our biggest advocate. She talks about us all the time, Yelp reviews, um, text messages randomly, all, you know, Facebook reviews, like everything, because she was so happy that we had a personal relationship within like the last, you know, four years basically of me knowing her. I actually got to know exactly what she needed and I guided her into you need to do this type of job because you will be happy. So with those stories that we have, um, if you're a robotic recruiter, you're never going to have those stories. You're, you need to ask certain questions in an interview. You need to actually care about a candidate. There are certain questions that I can think of that I always ask. And, you know, it just kind of opens up, you know, the lines of communication. So I'll ask questions like, oh, so um, are you from Chicago originally? And they'll say yes or no. If they're from like the suburbs, I'll try and connect with them. Oh, you're from this suburb. Oh, I've been there before. Um, I've gone to this coffee shop or I've gone to this place or that's a really great area. Certain things like that. Now I know Ashlyn, she's not from Chicago. So there are other questions that she'll ask in an interview process where it will open up the lines of communication. Um, so Ashlyn will ask because she's not from Chicago. So she'll have other questions that she'll have to ask candidates because she's from Indiana. So she'll start asking questions like, so what do you like to do in your free time? That's a great conversation to, or that's a great question to have a conversation with. So for example, if someone's like, oh, I don't really do much in my free time. Ashlyn would probably respond with like, yeah, I really like to just sit and watch TV as well. But, you know, kind of we have this, we have, Ashlyn and I both have very interesting personalities where we can connect with just about anyone when they walk in the door or we try and find something to connect with them. Can you think of any other questions that you ask in an interview process? Yeah. I, so one question I always ask um, is when they tell me, what their major was in college, um, what they went to school for, I always ask what initially or what originally were you wanting to do with that degree? Um, mainly because there's always such a backstory to it. You know, um, XYZ happened when I was um, younger and that's always made me want to become a nurse or something along those lines. Um, and it's really interesting getting the people who have you know, a degree in a certain area that they end up not and you know, not wanting to do that once they've graduated. Um, and I think a lot of the times, sometimes candidates are a little hesitant to tell me that, but it's also an icebreaker because what I went to school with, I didn't end up going into it either. And that just happens sometimes, but it's really interesting. That's one of my favorite questions to ask because I love to hear the backstory of what pushed them to go into that degree, what pushed them, um, you know, to make that decision that 
a lot of the times it's, you know, what, I took one class because I didn't know what I wanted to do and I fell in love with this area. Um, so that's a question that I think has a conversation that you really get to know that person's personality just from, you know, hearing a little about their background or what they, what caused them to like this area. Right. Right. Even a simple question on how did you pick that college even answers a ton of questions on, you know, so for example, like Ashlyn went to Ball State. I asked her, why did you choose Ball State? And she went into, you know, a bunch of different things. Her mother worked there. She was going to go to a different college for a different scholarship, but then, you know, she went into kind of like her athletic background. So then we started talking about that. And then I'm pretty sure like that was the time that like, you know, we, we started talking even about like the Olympics were coming up. So then we started randomly talking about the Olympics, but I got to know her. I actually knew who she was. Like I could say after a 20 to 30 minute interview, I knew who Ashlyn represent, how I knew how Ashlyn represented herself and what she highlighted and what was her strong suits. Um, do you have other small things that you do? Like after a candidate gets placed, do you have anything like through an interview process that you really do that where, you know, you're like, Hey, you know what? I know that means a lot to them after they're placed or during the process after. Um, I definitely, I follow up with them all the time. I'll send them a text message even, um, just checking in to see how they're doing, you know, waiting for the response. Um, just so they know that they're not kind of in the dark 24 seven. Um, but after they get placed, I send them a handwritten note, um, thank them for the opportunity of getting to work with them. Um, we send them a little gift and just tell them, you know, if they have any questions moving forward, if they just want to check in, then feel free. You have my cell phone number, you have my work number, you have my email. Um, I'll, I love keeping in touch with people. So that I would say, I don't, if it stands us apart from other places, but, um, just that they know that it wasn't like, all right, let me get you into an interview. And once you get it, I'm never speaking to you again, because that's just another number on the board. Um, one that we've actually made a connection, um, you know, made a connection with them. So I want to make sure that this job that I've placed them, them in is what they want. I want to check in with them, make sure everything's going well, you know, um, not just kind of leave them once they've accepted the position. Yeah, that's great. Um, you know, I, I know tons of recruiters that, or I know a ton of candidates that are like, yeah, a recruiter placed me in my last position. I don't really remember their name or yeah, they, you know, they just gave me the offer and then all of a sudden I never heard from them or, you know, certain things like that. Another, another things that are really great to do. Um, I do this constantly, like, even like a year after they get placed, I'm like, okay, I'm like, I need someone that's similar to that person. I'll message them and I'll say, Hey, quick question. I know that we are looking for someone that is kind of similar to like your background. When I placed you, do you have any friends? Could you generate some type of referrals for me? Like, you know, I always kind of mention the whole, I know good people know other good people too. Um, which is kind of, it's very true. I know I'm, you know, me being a recruiter, I know a ton of other great recruiters as well, because we're in the industry, we're in the market. It's the best way to, uh, best way to generate referrals. One thing that we have coached 
a lot of individuals with, and we've had these amazing stories of candidates who get placed. A lot of the questions are very similar that they'll ask all the time. So I guess the biggest one is the desired salary question. So back going back to my story with you know, with my candidate who got $12,000 more than she was expecting, I'm going to have Ashlyn kind of go through on how she educates her candidates on how to handle that question, um, how to not really, I guess you could say, jeopardize the offer as well, because sometimes people will just say something and it's not really what they mean. So she'll go through, you know, I'll ask her directly right now. So we'll kind of do a little role play, basically. Um, salary or, or salary wise, what are you looking for? So I would say, um, you know, with my background and with what my job duties and responsibilities would be within this position, um, I'm just looking for a fair offer. The reason behind the fair offer answer is we tell our candidates, candidates a lot of the time to not put a number on themselves. Um, Who's to say if I said, oh, I'm, I'm looking for 30,000 and they were going to offer me 35, I've just lowballed myself and they now know that I'll accept at 30. Um, now there's times where you can't get out of if they say, okay, put a number on it. You, you kind of have to put a number on it. But a lot of the times they'll leave it at that, at I'm looking for a fair offer. That way they know that, you know, they're going to look again back in your background, see what you've done in the past that, you know, will transfer over to what this role is, what this position's in, entitling or entailing and what you're going to have to be doing. And then they'll make their um, decision on salary that way, as opposed to I've put one number on myself. That's a great response. Um, that's one of the most difficult questions that a lot of people will just completely screw up whenever they graduate. They just think that they they're like, Hey, I ideally want 50. And it's like, no, you can't. Yeah. You can't get up that high when it comes to a recent college grad. Um, you know, of course there's some places that will pay a lot, but at the same point, like you have to be, you have to come off as down to earth as possible. And you saying, Oh, these are my exact requirements. You, come off a little bit more entitled, um, a little bit more non-team player-esque and not really down to earth. So you have to kind of be, you have to say like, you know, you're kind of a little wishy-washy or you're just open or you're just flexible that you're really just looking for a fair offer because you should trust your future employer and you're all, you're already telling them in that interview process, Hey, I'm trusting you to actually treat me fair. Good question that we get is sometimes people have a little jumpier backgrounds on their resume. Um, so what Eleni, would you say, how would you handle the job hopper and how much job hopping is appropriate? So how to handle job hoppers um, and how much it's appropriate. So I'll go through like how to handle job hoppers to begin with. Um, Unfortunately, we get a lot of people that come in our doors that, hey, I've been here for six months and they haven't promoted me and they haven't given me more money. And I feel like I'm just, you know, I'm just bored and I just feel like I've done everything that I can. Unfortunately, if you really do want out of your company and it is at a short period of time, there are certain things that you can say to a interviewee or a, an interviewee where they're like, Hey, you know what? You've only been here for six months. Why are you looking to make a move? You can say, 
in the six months that I've been at my current company, I feel that I've actually capped off on all my knowledge. I feel that there's not anywhere else that I can progress and grow. I really want to go into a position where I can be there for a long period of time, where I do have that type of progression. I do have that type of value. I do have individuals that want to invest more time into me. Um, do I recommend people to be job hoppers? Unfortunately, it does demonstrate on a resume that maybe you're not a team player, um, and that you don't, you know, you don't have a core understanding on how to help a bunch of people out. You're kind of just, you know, it comes off that you're a little bit more selfish. So I know a lot of people that go from job to job to job, they are tending, tend, they're, they have a tendency of being like a lone wolf. Um, they don't really connect with people. I know that, you know, us at ICI, we've all been here for a pretty good amount of time because we like working with each other. We like, you know, we trust our, you know, we trust our plan. We trust our vision. We like what we're doing. And that's why we've stayed here for a while. And sometimes people that are job hoppers, you're kind of like, do you make a move because of you wanting to better yourself or you just think you're too good for the previous companies? Should you ever submit a photo with a resume, Ashlyn? That's an interesting one. I would say no to that. Um, not that you may not look great, but it's not very professional. That's a, that's what LinkedIn is for, I would say. They'll search um, from your resume. That's more of the professional showing your background um, showing what you have done in your previous positions, but putting the photo on the resume looks a little, I don't know if immature is the right word. Cheesy. Cheesy that's, yeah. that's the right word. Yeah. Um, definitely leave the photo for LinkedIn and speaking of photos on LinkedIn, um, that is also, especially with Snapchat nowadays. Um, I would say that stay away from the filters as the Snapchat or as your LinkedIn photo. Um, keep that as professional as possible as well. Um, car selfies are not great. Just, you know, keep it as professional on LinkedIn as well. Normal. Keep them normal. Yeah. There's a place for Facebook and a place for LinkedIn. Right. So no, that's perfect. Um, it, it's always, it's always interesting when people submit a photo on a resume it doesn't matter what you look like. It's about what you've done in right. your, like your history, what you've like accomplished and you don't want anyone judging you for anything at all. And unfortunately, you know, sometimes people set it up where they're going to submit a picture and then someone's like, Oh, she's really young. Oh, she's really old. Oh, she's this, that, that is none of their business. And so for you to have that on there, it's just, it's just, it's just too cheesy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, how do you, how should you dress for an interview? Okay. When it comes to dressing for an interview, I do get these questions quite frequently from my candidates. Um, we always send a prep of, you know, right before the interview, how many resumes you should take, what you, how you should dress. Um, we always say a full suit, which it doesn't have to always be, you know, a blazer and pants it can be a blazer and a, a skirt, something along those lines. Just keep it professional. A lot of the times, um, females will ask me, do I wear flats or heels? Um, that's, that's up to you depending on, you know, what you're comfortable in, um, flats or heels, as long as they are, you know, 
professional flats as well. Um, just keep it professional. That's really, you know, don't show up. I had someone show up, I think in house slippers once and that was, um, a shock to me. (laughs) I, I totally agree. I do think, uh, when it comes to men, they do need to wear a full suit. Yes. Um, yeah, which is good. Um, it's interesting. I have a tendency of not liking when a guy shows up for an interview without a tie on. I just think that they look much more cleaner. I like the look of a tie. I think you're just putting your best self out there. And when you don't wear a tie, it's just kind of, I mean, you can still look great, obviously. Like I, you know, I absolutely love that. But at the same point, like you want to make sure to like put your best, this is your best you right now in this interview. And I think a tie is appropriate. I don't think any, I think all the weird color suits, unless you're going for like a really creative job, um, you know, for what we do, like support level staffing, entry level staffing, just keep things pretty normal. Um, and a big thing too, which is interesting when you put on these type of clothes, they do, you know, they do make you feel different. I mean, when I walk around my pajamas all day on Sunday, I'm like, gosh, I'm so tired. I'm sure I wouldn't feel that way if I dressed, if I dressed up or if I had, you know, um, even like a suit on, I feel like I'd feel a little bit more professional or I'd feel like I'd have a little bit more energy. So it is very important, the type of clothing that you wear to an interview, because you just want to be the best representation of yourself. And also one big thing too, and a kind of a big tip with how you're presenting yourself and how we coach all these candidates. I tell every single candidate smile as much as possible, because when you smile, you just open up the conversation more. I've, we've had interviews that here where they're not smiling and they're great. They're great people. They have great resumes, but I just felt like I couldn't connect with them. Smiling is a really big thing to connect with people, that type of energy level. And that's one thing that I know all of our stories that we shared before we've, you know, we've basically told them that like, Hey, you interviewed great with me. You smiled, you were engaging. This was wonderful. Just keep doing this moving forward. So I want to say thanks to Ashlyn for coming on the podcast today. I hope all of you guys took a lot of information from her. We're inspired by her. Um, she does such a great job here and she has even more stories and I hope she's on a podcast in the future. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. Um, I would definitely come back. Um, if anyone needs help finding their ideal dream job, just feel free to reach out to us. We are at ICIstaffing.com. Um, shoot your resume over there and one of us will be in touch with you. Perfect. Great. Thank you so much. I hope this has been informative. I hope you choose to join us again. Uh, as we carry on our series and just try to help you navigate the waters of the unknown. Uh, Finding a career and finding a job, this can be a very stressful thing. And we're here to try to just make that process a little bit easier. Thank you for listening.